Hello and welcome to the Balancing Act podcast for working mums. Here you can find the tools and inspiration you need to overcome the constant juggle and live with more simplicity, ease and fulfilment in your everyday. I'm your host, Debbie, a balance coach and a working mum myself, and I'm super happy to be here with you. Good morning, a very warm welcome to episode number 62 of the Balancing Act podcast. This week, I am back with another amazing guest interview to share with you. This time it is with Amy Simpson, who is an embodied fertility coach. And Amy is someone who very much practices what she preaches. She creates a really calm, comforting, supportive presence. And I think that really comes across in this conversation. Amy supports mums in the often unexpectedly rocky road to conception and pregnancy. And um, I would just say that we do talk a lot around fertility issues, both first and second and beyond times around And so if this is something that you are currently struggling with or have struggled with in the past, I would just encourage you to apply that level of like self-judgment as to what is the most supportive and nourishing thing you can do at the minute and whether you do tune in and whether you continue to listen Please do reach out to either Amy or myself or another professional if you do need further support. Um, and yeah, I hope that you really enjoy this conversation. It's it's really, I feel like this is an area that we we really can support each other in and opening up this conversation and raising more awareness of the challenges is really supportive to so many mums who are going through that journey, the emotional roller coaster um, that is involved. So yeah, let's dive in. Hi, Amy, and a very, very warm welcome to the Balancing Act podcast. It is wonderful to see your face. <laughs> it's wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so for the listeners, um, Amy is an embodied fertility coach and um I would love to start off by asking you a little bit more about what your own balancing act looks like just now. <laughs> I'm laughing, Debbie, because the juggle is real. Um, <laughs> like I have, um, so I'm a mum of two teenagers. So I have all of the joys that come with managing teenagers. Um, and I obviously balance and running my own business. And then the other challenge of actually practising what I preach. So really looking at where... Where is the time for Amy and amongst all of that? Because my husband, my children, my house, all of that can, the business can take over all of my time. So yes, the struggle is real. <laughs> the balance is is definitely always, um, it is a, it's a complete balance. And it is an act, a balance and act of yeah. getting that right. Sometimes I win and other times it feels like I've definitely, um, it, needs, it needs a lot of, um, it needs a lot of work. <laughs> it's so true. I think like the way I teach balance is that balance is very much a feeling. It's that feeling mm. of like inner calm and fulfillment and purpose in what you're doing. Mm. And the other side of that is that um, what we need to create that feeling changes all the time. And I think like it changes sometimes, not just from like year to year or 
month to month, but from day to day or even yeah. from hour to hour sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think that because it's, it's so true and something obviously that I do is I really look at, you know, as females, we are cyclical beings. So actually our, our hormones, our energy changes every single day as part of our cycle. Mm-hmm. So it is a real balancing act. It does literally change every day. It's so true. And that I think the the awareness of that goes back to just what you were saying by then putting ourselves at the, at the yeah. center of the priority list um and that that feels so that feels like a really relevant leading to your your business story as well mm-hmm. so how long have you how long have you had the the business for I've had the business for um just over five years oh fab and um I yeah I so I know we were chatting before about um yeah as with many business owners I feel like it, it's like we're finding uh like our calling in life almost is more than yeah. than just a yeah. business and I'd love to hear a little bit more about like your story and what led you to do what you yeah. do these days yeah. it's it's when when I think about it it's I always think that it's like fertility found me like it wasn't it, I trained as an occupational therapist to begin with and worked 16 years just as an occupational therapist with kind of general women's health and then but when I had my daughter I trained as a reflexologist because I was really interested in that mind-body connection so it's it's actually only as now when you look back or like all of the jo- all of the dots joined together and all of all of the experience everything led me to where I am now um, and it's when I think about kind of, you know, as an occupational therapist, one of the biggest things that we talk about are our occupations and our roles and who we are as a person. And for me, being a mum was always going to, was always part of who I was. It was always somebody that a role I wanted to fulfil. And it's an incredibly, it's a huge part of who I am. So I know the importance of it. Um, and then training as a reflexologist, one of the very first clients that came to see me was somebody who was on their own fertility journey and was going through had gone through several rounds of IVF and at that point for me just that desire to support her in whatever way I could for her to get closer to fulfilling that that dream of becoming a mum I just knew that it was something that was so important to me mm. and then latterly as as like friends or people who are really close to me have then experienced their own kind of struggles around fertility it became even more important for me to look at what can how do I get to share all of the experience that I have to make that a possibility amazing amazing I love that and I'm really I'm really curious about the like embodied slant that you take with your coaching so I use um Uh, a bit of embodiment in my own work and I find it so incredibly powerful um but I imagine to you with your your background in occupational therapy as well that it lends like a whole new level to that yeah yeah it's I mean it's one of the things that I sometimes find is that we are probably when you look at the pace of life that we live like we are we sometimes can be so disconnected from ourselves and disconnected from all of the things that matter um, and when we're in the process of preparing to invite a baby into our lives there's that sometimes what I was coming across Debbie is that people would almost they could recognize all of the areas that maybe there wasn't balance in and maybe there was they, they needed to look at but there was almost this sense of 
well, but when I'm pre- but when I'm pregnant, I'll I'll cut back on that. When mm. I'm pregnant, I'll allow, I'll really nourish myself. I'll give myself permission to say no when when it happens. And it was that. So the part the work I do around embodiment is helping people to understand that the minute that you choose to invite a baby in, we have to really embody that mothering energy to begin with. So we have to create the space. We have to begin to really nurture and care for ourselves as if we are already pregnant. I love that. I love that. And it's funny you say that because I I know that um at the like while I've been pregnant it's been some of the times where I've looked after myself like the best I ever had because it's funny with that like it's all I think for me it was almost like I was looking after somebody else like it seems crazy but it's like but then I was able to give myself so much more permission I'm using my air quotes yeah to do things when it was for some for the benefit of like my child rather than for for me and I think that's exactly it. It's that sense of sometimes, sometimes what I see is that people will, people will give all the women that I work with. They give their the kindest, most loving, caring people, and they care for everybody else around them. They care for their work colleagues, their extended family, their friends, and they give, 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 and they're very they struggle sometimes to receive. Mm-hmm. So that sense of really supporting them to receive and giving them permission to do something for themselves now that their future self and that child that they're inviting in, like requires them to do. Yes, I love that. And I think that, um, like, again, from my own experience, it's those having that experience, like through through your fertility journey and through pregnancy, like it really mm-hmm. then can carry on into like life afterwards as well like okay. and I feel like it's you know it lays the foundations for a lifelong skill and a different Absolutely. way of being that I feel in today's society is only a good thing oh yeah absolutely absolutely and I often say it's you know sometimes sometimes particularly I think when when it can maybe the the journey can take a little bit longer than you would hope sometimes it's it's the invitation in that moment as you're stepping into that mothering energy, first of all, to mother yourself. Mm. So that actually we begin to, and as that whole preparatory phase, we really look at like, what do I need? How do I look after me? So that I am in the best place. Because we know that at the minute that we conceive that like our health, our physical health, our emotional health has all been imprinted on that baby. So actually, it's that real opportunity to really care for ourselves and really nurture and nourish ourselves first, so that we are welcoming this little this little being into a space that really, really allows them to bloom and to flourish and to be the healthiest little person they can be. Mm, I love that. I love that. I was going to ask you um, for for the benefit of any listeners who might not have just come across the, the term embodiment before or yeah. might not be familiar with it, I was going to ask you what what embodiment meant to you. And I think you've almost answered it in that, yeah. what you've just described there. But yeah. is there anything else you would say around um, like what embodiment is? So I often think about, so when I, when I talk to clients about it, I talk about, you know, that we, it's, it's making 
making it feel real already so it's inviting mm-hmm. that feeling in already so I'll there's a lot of work that I do and I ask I ask clients to begin to imagine what that feels like to feel that feeling now in their body and to feel what well what does and we explore often well what does fair tell me because mm-hmm. actually we have that sense of sometimes we only think about it as kind of certainly from a kind of reproductive point of view but actually like you say if it's beginning a process that will see you right throughout the rest of your life what does that what does fertile mean what does it mean how does like what does it mean in its widest sense and how do we explore that oh I love that I love that and I think um for me with like my own journey and embodiment like a lot of that was just like even just becoming aware of my own body in yeah. the first place like absolutely and even just noticing things about it and you, like I mean and I mean the, the, like super simple things like oh my shoulder's sore today oh I noticed yeah. that like there's tension all down my back and yeah. I think that um you know particularly like for me it's been a journey over the last maybe 18 months two years but before that um I was always a a very sporty person. I did lots of mountaineering Mm -hmm. and rock climbing. And a lot of that involved a lot of, yeah, like strength, I guess. And, Mm -hmm. but because it was all the sort of like push, push, push energy, even though there was lots of movement involved in it, it it, it sort of like, yeah, it just detached me a little bit from like how my body felt. And Yeah. yeah, it's been a really enjoyable, like the skill to learn to like, learn how to notice what's going on inside me I always think I I trained as a mindfulness teacher years ago and we always talked about that sense of almost that for so so much of the time we're almost like sleepwalking through life because we're in our head and we're pulled by all of our thoughts and we kind of are unaware sometimes about what what the body's asking us what the body's trying to communicate to us Um, and so that that sense of really truly just exploring just noticing what it feels like in the body mm-hmm. and and certainly what I often find with when it comes to really tuning into our like our cycle and our feminine energy sometimes I think we have been taught just to like if if the body's in pain to silence it if do you know if we're feeling stressed well just like come on get on with it push through it like there's there's that sense of we've never been we're I don't think we're taught to really listen to our body to really to really tune into the body to really notice how our body communicates with 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 ourselves yeah absolutely I absolutely agree and I think that like that becomes so relevant in motherhood as well so like yeah. I don't know sleep sleeping like one of the, <laughs> the beings of motherhood and like neither of my children have um had a smooth sleep day. Yeah. and I I love coffee but like definitely to start with you know it was like oh my goodness yeah. I feel so tired and like I'm gonna cover up that tiredness by drinking a load of caffeine here and absolutely. like absolutely I very much I still have a cup of coffee in the morning full disclosure yeah why not but I'm doing it with the awareness of like this is not solving the problem it's just like covering it up like my body still genuinely needs some sleep you know or you know I don't like of course again with like medication it's obviously got a place but you know you have a headache and instead of thinking what's what's this trying to tell me here it's like yeah you know it is, and it's it's often some one of the things that I often find with um, the women that I work with, people can have been on hormonal contraception for so many years, 
So they're so they're so unaware of what their body actually does. Mm. And there's that real sense of almost like your body introducing herself again about actually making that real connection and, and understanding like how to recognize your energy and like we're and to live in that very kind of feminine energy. And I always say, you know, we we are, we live in a very masculine world at the moment where we're kind of expected to show up every day with the same amount of energy and get the same amount of things done. And in some way, men have that slightly easier because from a hormonal point of view, they have like a pulse of hormones that kind of repeats on a 24-hour basis, whereas our hormones and our energy changes every single day as part of that cycle. So if we are not in tune with our own body and really knowing how we are, how we feel, then the risk is that we ignore and we push through and we deplete the body of mm-hmm. all of that energy. And it just, it, it means that then we we can get to a place where we feel disappointed in our body for not doing things or we feel like our body is broken in some way or it's just not capable of doing things. But often it's that we've, we've just not learned how our body communicates with us and we've not learned how to listen. Mm-hmm. I look like I actually have like tingles in my stomach when yeah. you're talking about that because I feel like so passionate about that and I think that like I totally agree that today's society is very much based around the masculine energy mm-hmm. and I think that us learning to really like harness the power of like feminine yeah. energy it becomes like this huge really exciting opportunity on so many different levels because mm-hmm. you know I guess here we're talking about it in um, it's like almost like most what fundamental like natural yes. form but yeah. like I I think that again applying these skill sets to like a much wider context in terms of like how you work for example like there's Absolutely. so much possibility and opportunity and um, like it sounds like the work that you're doing is very much at the foundation of that and like yeah. that gets to be really exciting because yeah. I think the other thing about not knowing, like it's all when you said about saying our our bodies are a cycle as like a disappointment and my like what also came up for me is like the almost that it's an inconvenience as well. <laughs> because like like I know towards the end of my own cycle, like I get super like emotional, yeah. generally yeah. Like, angry. I generally yeah. get really <laughs> angry and everything. And and like, but now that I'm able to think, okay, this is like, yes, I, I'm, yeah. it's okay if I want to feel angry for a few days. And yeah. that's all part of this experience. Not like, and not try to have those feelings, but like, you know, squash them down or cover them up yeah. or, and just like get on with it, but actually give yeah. myself the space to like allow it all. And just kind of exploring what is beneath the anger. Yeah, because that like what what is it is it that like is it actually that it's just that you're like your body's like craving a bit of you time mm-hmm. and at that point in your cycle and it feels like it can't get it so it's that do you know what what lies beneath the anger so like yeah not not silencing the anger almost being like really curious of like okay like where like where's what is this where's this coming from Yes, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for me, it's built up like a huge, like a trust in, yeah. like in myself because giving myself those, 
like really being able to listen to what it is that I need and like um whether it's something like that or yeah. whether it's like the downtime for some rest yeah I give myself that and I know that if I if I take that time for rest then that is like in preparation for a burst of energy that's going to come you know in a week's mm-hmm. time in two weeks time whatever and that'll be the yeah. time where I feel really on it and I'm able to yeah. like get loads done rather yeah. than try and trudge on and trudge through it and not enjoy it and not do things to the best yeah. of my ability etc yeah um, I mean it is it's a, it is like her really kind of really listening to the body really ch- like it, the power and the potency that comes with that is phenomenal yeah like like life-changing I think <laughs> like, I, love, I feel so yeah, yeah I feel so enthusiastic about it um the other part of um your the fertility support you offer that I was really um interested in exploring a bit more was secondary infertility so I know that for many of our like many of my listeners will be mums already Mm. and I think that until like I myself is in a situation or just knowing people around me I didn't appreciate um like some of the unique challenges I guess that could come with secondary infertility and um yeah I'm really curious just to to hear more about what sort of support you offer in that area and um yeah what what it gets to look like yeah absolutely and it's and I think it's so important for us to talk about second gen fertility because it makes up about 40 percent of people who um seek support around their fertility are like are it's from a secondary fertility point of view so they've they already they already have either a child or, or children and that sense of um there can be so there can be so many emotions that come up around it. Generally, I kind of find that sometimes um, women that I work with who are looking to add to their family sometimes feel this they they have all of the same emotional challenges because with the struggle, but there can also be this incredible guilt that can come with it for that sense of they already they already have a child or children and when they look at other people who are na- who are navigating their journey and don't yet have a child, there's that sense of, well, are they allowed to want it as much? Do you know, are mm. they, are, is it, like, there sometimes can be this sense of people kind of say, well, is my pain as much as somebody else's? And it's, mm. it's, it, ta- it just leads into all of that really, really toxic comparison and that sense of, like, is... Am I allowed to? Am, am I allowed to want this? Am I allowed to like? Is it allowed to be this? Am I allowed to talk about the pain that I have around this? And it it can just it can lead to a whole different kind of um, story that we that women can torture themselves with. Mm. And I can see how I guess in many cases, as well, it does stay as a story because it is more, like yeah. maybe it is more difficult to talk about to some people yeah. for that. Yep. like for those and reasons yeah because there's there's um certainly um there's that sense of when particularly when you look at a lot of like if I think about some of the the community that I have there's there is a real mix of people who are on that journey to welcome a child for the first time into their lives and there are people who are looking to add to their family um and I notice that sometimes the clients who are 
um, looking to add to their family will sometimes say, I didn't feel like I could really answer that because I didn't feel, I felt almost guilty, like that I had my, that I had my child. I couldn't, mm-hmm. and it, and it's, that breaks my heart that, you know, that there's that sense of like, I can't want something because I already have it. And do you know that this is absolutely not the case? And I think it can be so incredibly difficult to struggle to welcome another child into your life because there can be that sense of particularly if you sometimes people can conceive really easily with their with their first or their second and then it's then I find that there's a struggle um, yes yes I and, can see and I imagine like in those circumstances as well I imagine already having um yeah. like kids are especially having like yeah. some young kids as well like that yeah. adds a whole other challenge it does it does I guess so much of this is like well physically and emotionally taking care of yourself like two things that are like some of the biggest challenges in motherhood completely completely because at the minute so the regardless like the thing that I, I the work that I do with the women I work with is always about well that kind of how do you create space how do you become the number one and I think when you're already a mum and there is another, there's a child there that already has taken up all of your energy, all of your time, and and you've you've got that different juggle now. Actually, there's so many women that are either they're they're sleep deprived, they're absolutely exhausted, they are nourish like nourishing their child, but actually they are just like picking at things for themselves. So they mm. they don't actually that time to properly nourish themselves goes. And there's that expectation. I always say that for women, I think one a real a real strength that we have, but it's also a curse is our ability to multitask. You know, we, we can be we are really good at it, but actually we can become too good at it. And I think sometimes then when you enter into kind of motherhood, that multitasking can almost feel like it's like a bit of a competition that you enter that you didn't really realise you went into. <laughs> and there can be a sense of like you look at everybody else that appears to just be able to do it all. And we just like load all of that pressure. And I think when maybe maybe like your friends or just the kind of people around you, they're all they're all adding to their family and it feels like that's that's something that you're not able to do and it just it feeds into so many really difficult challenging um, stories that can be there Mm, so much and I think that like there's so much like I I imagine as well that that just when you mentioned friends it's like that the outside influence from other people as well can be Mm -hmm. so difficult sometimes because I would imagine that for many people the assumption is if you've got one child then then there yeah. aren't issues and we know in life they're like questions absolutely. the questions never stop do they yes. no absolutely and and I think the thing that we don't consider is that you know there can be birth trauma from having mm. a child and actually or there can be people that might have experienced a loss in between and there can be that real sense of fear about what like subconscious fear that the body can hold about that real desire to have another baby but also the fear that's attached to it and also a big fear that I see is that women will say to me like I want I like I, I desperately want to add another child but I, I don't know how I like do I have enough love to share with another child because mm. I absolutely adore it. like I can't imagine 
like how I share that love that I already have yeah like is there even more or like can I do that I don't understand like so there can be there can be the real kind of physical trauma to the body that can make conceiving again more challenging but there can be the emotional trauma as well as just the the depletion and the exhaustion that comes with motherhood if yeah. we're not really careful about looking after ourselves and along, alongside that I totally get that and that so that story that you mentioned there I might that would be an example of like a I guess a conscious story maybe that we have but yeah. I also imagine there's a lot of like a lot of stories that are maybe subconscious or things that we maybe you know things that have influenced us maybe from very early in life that we can't really even remember anymore but are still are still there absolutely I mean one can be that if you if if you have grown up with siblings and there was one that you always felt was a favorite and there's (laughs) and that and there's that but there can be that real kind of fear of what if I welcomes another child in and what if I but I really love the child. Like, what if there's not, like, that whole, what if there's not enough? Yes. And, yes. What, like, I would never want to have that, fav- like, that favouritism. I would never want to. Do you know, there's, there can be so many stories around that. Yeah. And I guess at the root of it, all of those stories, they're all trying to keep us safe and, like, protect us. Totally. And, totally. And, like, do the best for us. And maybe sometimes are in contrast to Absolutely. what it is that, that we do actually want. And, and the thing that, because in doing some subconscious work through like hypnotherapy or NLP, one of the things that we kind of explore is it is reminding you that the mind will always keep you away from anything that it deems painful. Mm. It will always move you towards something that's pleasurable, but the mind doesn't understand that that pain can be from not, not adding another child into your family as quickly as you would like. Yeah. But that pain, the mind just sees that association of pregnancy and other people like, the association with pregnancy and that painful feeling has been something to protect you from and something to keep you away from. Yeah, absolutely. I can really see that. I can really see that. Mm-hmm. I think that um, like what comes through for me from what you share is like the, I guess the, um, like the overlap in our work around balance as well, because yeah. I can see how um, like having this sense of balance really fits into your yeah. work as well. Like the two yeah. seem quite like complementary in some ways it's like absolutely like I guess us as mums seeking more balance will only ever be a good thing it feels completely completely well I always say like you're when we're preparing to to conceive we're we're preparing our body to do an incredible thing and actually it's almost when we know we know as we know our bodies are incredible we know but we need to we need to really get all of that support round, around it, right? Mm-hmm. And that requ- that requires real balance, and it requires that sense of boundaries. It requires that prioritizing ourselves, and also kind of rediscovering a bit about like who, like also like I suppose there's that bit that I know that I'm as Amy, I'm like a mum, a wife, a sister, but actually who is Amy in amongst all of this? Because mm. Amy needs her own bit yes. for actually her sanity and my well-being and my <laughs> sense of who I am. And I can be, all of these other parts are really important to me, but not for me to lose who I am in the monk, in, in the muddle of all of that. So true. And I think that like, as I think that's, you know, often 
especially before we becomes mums that's the yeah. sort of stuff that we do, like you often don't yeah. anticipate you know and and hence then never plan in time to like yeah. take stock and absolutely and, you know have that bit of reflection on like what is your identity now you know for yourself yeah yeah, yeah. I love it and how do you get, and how do you get to to nurture just you and nourish yes. just you yeah and I think that um like I really believe so much of this starts with us really valuing our own time but and like more specifically our own energy like more than yeah. anything and I yeah. think that there's like then a knock-on effect of that where yeah. you know everyone around us will, will yeah. value our energy so much more and Absolutely. I think that like I love from what you've talked about how actually this can yeah can even start before motherhood uh-huh. absolutely so, just there's there is that invitation for us to begin to and I think that can be the real conflict sometimes of it's like as we prepare to kind of step into motherhood we almost need to like close a chap another like the chapter before because yeah. we're beginning to move into a completely different energy and and it's sometimes in that but when we're in between because we we want it but it's not here yet so it's kind of like that when I see it when when it's here I'll do it but it's almost in that that true embodiment part of stepping in way before there's even evidence that way Mm -hmm. way before that little that little baby is here or makes its presence known um yeah amazing amazing um I love this so if um if we want to find out more about you where can we find you online um probably social media like Instagram or Facebook um I'm just at Amy Simpson mind body baby um and or just my website which is just um www.amysimpson.co.uk fabulous I shall um link both of those in the show notes as well so it's an easy click away um yeah it's been an absolute pleasure to to chat with you thank you so much for your time and yeah thank you for sharing such a valuable conversation it's been wonderful thank you yay bye Amy thank you so much for listening to this episode of the balancing act podcast if you'd like to connect with other working mums just like you who are seeking more balance in their everyday then come join us on the free facebook community the balancing act for working mums if you've loved what you've heard i would be incredibly grateful if you could rate and review the podcast on your favorite platform so that we can spread the word to all the working mums out there looking for more balance. Until then, I'll look forward to speaking to you in the next episode. Bye for now.